Coach John Daly here back again. Today's date, May 20th, 2020. It's a Wednesday. Hopefully everything's going good where you are at. Uh, on the other end of our computer, our phone, our screen, my line, the way it used to be said, is Coach Dave Ruckert down in Texas again. How are you, Coach? Very well. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Weather's getting a lot better out. Swim pool starting to get used more. My there you son's go. getting drained of energy, which means he takes better naps, sleeps better at night. So <laughs> life is good. The school year is about wrapping up uh, digitally online, and uh, the summer's right around the corner. So, I mean, everything is good. How about you, my brother? Good deal. Good deal. We had uh, a couple days of torrential rains, and we got some uh, problems up in mid-Michigan around Midland area. A couple dams broke. Um, so they got a lot of problems up there. But we had – you know, a couple of days of rain, but the sun's coming out. It's going to dry out here for a few days. Uh, heading into the weekend, got some a lot of outside stuff to do. My wife reminded me last night, and uh, so we are good too. School's kind of wrapping up. My seniors are done today, and um, hey, we got a lot to be grateful for. That's for sure. And I'm I'm very grateful for having you on. Uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, a couple more items out of the coffee bean, and then a couple things that if you wanted to uh, share some things out of uh, another. John Gordon book, and then uh, also you started reading another book. You're a reading machine, my friend. I got to keep up yeah. with you, but I know you got a lot of lessons. You're the teacher in you, I love how you're always looking to help others and to uh, share some stuff with others. So, uh, what were you thinking about uh, the last couple of things out of the coffee bean? Yeah, like you said, uh, torrential rainforest. Uh, what's that saying? May showers bring June flowers. <laughs> Something like that. A month or two after. Yeah, absolutely. A bit late this year, but hey, we'll change it up. You got that right. That'll work. Okay, uh, so if we uh, go out of the book, page 50, page 51, um, and the neat thing is when I, <laughs> I read this three, four different times, every time it, there's different things that, uh, depending on what's going on in your life at that time, that it can be related to, mm -hmm. um, and mm. I, I hadn't done this since the last time. I had read this, which was uh, a couple weeks ago, um, and basically, it's uh, on page 50, the second paragraph, yep. we learn that love is greater than fear, um, and I'll kind of stop there. There's more in there that kind of continues with that, and uh, with our situation, we brought in the new year of 2020. Yes. Um, basically, our daughter taking her last breaths as my wife, and... Uh, Mom, we're taking uh, Jolie to the hospital mm. early in the morning. Uh, and, I mean, obviously fear could have set in during that whole situation. And uh, when I had gotten my wake-up call at like 7 or 8 a.m. to rush up to the hospital, not knowing what I was really getting into, uh, right. uh, obviously there's fear, but – the, the love overpowered all that fear when I was mm. walking in that hospital uh, emergency room and uh, seeing like 10 to 15 medical professionals looking like a tornado swept through the room. My daughter just helpless laying on the bed and uh, just, just looking like she wasn't going to make it another minute. Mm. And I, I guess I wasn't even having that thought in my mind because I loved her so much. And I just kind of walked in there and looked at her. And uh, my mom was there, my wife was there, and uh, it just kind of overshadowed all the fear. I, I, there was nothing else to think about besides how much mm. I loved her. Mm. And uh, that goes to page 51, which 
continues with the same theme. <clears throat> Love transforms you and the people and the situations around you. Um, as you said earlier, that uh, you're thinking about possibly getting my wife and myself on, which we'd be absolutely honored and pleasure to share our story. Because I think it's a story that, that's meant to be shared. Absolutely. Um, it was 85 days in the uh, hospital with her that she finally got discharged on March 25th. She's still in there and back and forth. Um, something like 13 different surgeries and operations underneath anesthesia, a one-year-old uh, just taking care of her leg. And she actually just went back again two days ago mm. um, to do a follow-up with her leg again. Uh, and, and with all that, again, it's not just my love for my daughter. It's, it's the love that you see around from everybody else that you just don't have time to have that fear. Mm. You don't have that love is just, I mean, you, it's something that you don't see. It's something that you just feel it's, it's just aura. It's this atmosphere. It's it, this weird shadow that overcomes anything that's impossible. Love and that. Wow. Through that journey, it, it, it was the love of seeing other people loving on her daughter. It's the love of other people loving on my wife, of my son, of uh, myself, uh, just my family members, uh, the, the colleagues, everybody I worked with, uh, my wife's side. I mean, it's, it, uh, it just transforms everything. It's, mm. It was an incredible, incredible, horrifying, fearful at times, but again, love overshadowed that at the end of the day. And I mean, Damon West and John Gordon hit it to a T on these two pages. And like I said, when I had read this back in 2019, yeah, I thought about it, but it didn't really hit home until the last time I had read this. And I was like, man, that's Jolie's situation. That's, that's it to a T and love is one of the greatest factors in life. Absolutely. And it, it takes some time for us to see that. I mean, we can read about it, like you said, uh, but when something happens that devastating, like your time to the hospital, the doubt, the worry, there's probably some fear there. But when you said, when you walked into that hospital, was that that light switch? Was that that, were you, how were you feeling driving, walking into there? But when you got in there, did, do you remember it was like an instantaneous switch? It was all an out-of-body experience. It was just, like, I could see myself walking in the hospital. I could see myself talking to the doctors. My wife is on the cliff, ready to just give up. And just, my mom is at the head of the bed, holding on to my daughter's head. And I give my wife a quick hug and I go, I gotta be next to her. I gotta let her know I'm here. I gotta let her know I love her. And you know, tell these medical people to keep doing the best job that they can. That's and fantastic. There, there's just nothing else I could think about besides being there for my daughter. Yeah, I love, I love the fact you brought this, uh, this point up about love being greater than fear. Because we saw a news story last night, Coach, um, on the national news with this family whose father was in the hospital, was in the ICU on a ventilator, um, and they were there outside that window every day. And it was definitely a good distance. And they were making signs, and the nurses inside were making signs and putting up on the window. 
you know, telling the family that they were there for their dad and they were talking to him. And, and then ultimately it did get worse and he ended up passing away. Um, and the family still showed up outside to thank those nurses. And um, I'm sitting there trying to eat my dinner watching it. I'm just, I'm, I was choking up. And they brought that up, that, that love, um, the love that the nurses had for their dad helped get them through this horrible time. And you're right, love wins out. And I guess we're seeing that in many people, not all the time. I mean, because a lot of people do uh, push fear and do hang on to fear and they can't let go of fear. Um, but I think that's a powerful testimonial that if you could ever find the moment of going through something really bad to hang on to love, it doesn't fix it, right? It doesn't fix the situation, but it gets you right. through it. I just love the how you brought that up. That was very powerful. And... And we'll go, we'll delve into it a little deeper when when you decide if you, if you allow the two of us to come on. Absolutely, together. absolutely. Uh, none of that happens without a higher <clears throat> higher power involved. Amen. Faith and, and a higher power, and then as we always said, every uh, what do you need? What do you need? And we just said there's two things: positive vibes and prayers. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Those are the only two things that we can have that people can control, and we'll take both of those. Oh, love that, then, buddy. You said you, had, you said you had one or two. Um, yeah, kind of toward kind of toward the end, um, where the character uh, was. He said he often reflected on his meeting with Mr. Jackson and knew that the coffee bean had changed his life forever. And this is what I have like triple underlined. It was his purpose and responsibility to impact the lives of as many people as possible. You and I have talked uh, a few what times. Again, uh, Seventy-nine. Sorry. No, you're good. Just want to yep. make sure our listeners were uh, following along too. Okay, I got Thank it. Thank you. It was his purpose and responsibility to impact the lives of as many people as possible. You and I have talked about both of us way before we even met, kind of having that same that same thought about teaching. And, you know, it's one of those things I try to encourage my students to have – you know, three things going for their life. You know, the passion that they love doing what they're doing. They're getting up every morning, going to do something, right? Right. They have great people around them, family, friends, you know, that they, they, they can invest in. Those people can invest in them. And then also the fact of making a difference for others. And I just love that point because obviously the story that you just shared uh, that we'll get into more later, um, those health professionals, man, they just they just go into action. And it's not just you know, once it's like every day, some of these people just, it's a new challenge, a new person, a new human coming in where they need their help. And so I know you have that in teaching. I know you've witnessed it in these healthcare workers. How awesome is that when you meet people that have that? It's, it's life altering. And, and you, you start to look, it goes back to the man in the mirror. You look back into the mirror and you go, gosh, am I, am I just like these people or am I making things worse or am I mm. as good as I can be? You kind of look at all factors. Ooh, I uh, like that. You, you have both spectrums. And I, I, I'm a very analytical individual. So I think of so many different things. Um, and that might be part of the reason why I have anxiety. And you can call it fear. But I would say I overcome that fear because I'm analytical and I see all possibilities. And I'm more of a positive, upbeat individual most of the time. But uh, it goes both ways with people negative. Uh, as as we go into John Gordon with the energy vampires, it it they they, uh, they impact the lives of many people as as well. Yes. And you just you want to veer away from those people people 
and try to be around as many people that are uh, the opposite, that uh, give you more energy, that uh, give you more positive vibes, that are good for you, that bring you up and not tear you down. And uh, it's, it's a hugely impactful because I love being around those people. Mm-hmm. And you some want, people yeah. call it phony, some, some people call it fake, but you know what? If they are there reaching their hand out for you and they are consistently there, you know, that's not phony. That's just them being them. Absolutely. Yeah, that, uh, that adds value. And you, walk, you always walk away feeling better, better from being with that person. And you want to be more like them. Yes, yes. And you realize, oh, crap, they left. Like, there's, oh, man, I wish he was still here. I wish, oh, I'm, God, I, I still want to talk to him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so the other thing was on page 84, kind of similar to what I was just talking about. Um, but where he talks about a life mission. And he knew... Mm-hmm. In the end, it didn't matter how much money he had in the bank account. Now, granted, in reality, we got to pay our bills, right? I mean, it's yeah. not like you're not going to be out there doing stuff for free and not having any ways to take care of yourself. But I love that point about the life mission. And what mattered most was the difference he had made in people's lives. If more people could have that, Coach, no matter what they do, right? Uh, you could run a computer company. You know, you could run um, a, a car repair place, you know, anything. If more people had that, this, that this is their mission, they love doing it, they're good at it, and they solve people's problems, they bring joy to people, they help people out in life, man, that's kind of a winning formula that we all need to try and find, I think, don't you think? 100%, just having the giving, giving back mentality. And even if you have nothing to give back, give yourself to give back. Mm. And you have your time, and I understand some people don't have much time, but uh, and that and that goes back into my whole situation. I mean, a hundred percent, I'm going to go back into the hospitals mm. or um, s- some uh, medical area to, to give back after what we went through. I mean, that's, that's just amazing. How, how, just, how, how, sorry, how, how did it change you as a teacher? Um, I became even more empathetic mm. than I was before. Mm. I mean, and that's what I, I love to be sympathetic, but it's even better to be empathetic because then I can put, my feet into other people's shoes nice. and, and I could be real about it and tell them, you know, I've been through that it might not be identical, but at least I can feel with you. Mm-hmm. I don't have to feel for you. I feel with you. And it's much more powerful when you can be on the same level as other people. And I'm not going to say students, I'm going to say just other people because that can include, uh, you know, siblings, family members, friends, uh, colleagues, parents, students, student, uh, athletes, all the, the entire spectrum. Um, and that's what life's all about. It's, it's about that. going through experiences together and, you know, strength in numbers and uh, not being the weakest link. Love that. Yeah, coming out better, making others better. Very so, cool. Was there something else out of that book that you wanted to share? Uh, a couple other points. Bring up. That, was, uh, that was generally, uh, the, that was the big one that I wanted to bring up. I had one other one, but uh, yeah. we'll save that for a rainy day. Um, where, where did you want to move on from here? Did you want to? Did you want to answer another one of my questions I got for you? Sure. <laughs> I mean, Van Halen threw probably all the listeners for a twist. Yeah. And I wish they would have seen you as you were rocking out with your air guitar on the other uh, side boy. of the Zoom conference. See, that's why that's good. The video just stays here. Just stays <laughs> in house. Stays in house. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'm in the batter's box, buddy. Okay. So um, the. I'll, I'll do two real quick, okay. uh, and it'll, it'll be with uh, eating and drinking. 
So your coffee, uh, how long have you been drinking coffee mm. and what type of coffee do you necessarily drink? Like, is it, um, did it happen in college? Did you uh, always do it as a youngster? Was it uh, once you got to working and then like, is it black coffee? Do you use creamer, sugar, all that good stuff? And then what other go-to beverages do you have? Mm. Great question. Uh, the coffee just came, de definitely came around from my parents. Um, probably I can think back to high school. And it was one thing that um, my dad, I remember him teaching me, learn how to drink it black and you can drink it any way you want. You know, but if you learn to have to have the cream and the sugar in it, he goes, you probably won't be able to drink it any other way. Uh, so I, I do drink it black. I like it, uh, you know, dark, uh, like a dark roast. Um, my favorite coffee is, I see you got the cure going back there. Um, yes, sir. Favorite coffee is the... Uh, Kirkland brand, that dark roast, that Pacific blend. Uh, great value, great ta great taste. Uh, and so wherever I go, it's typically, you know, just a black coffee. And uh, uh, then the, the other drinks, definitely try and, try and drink more water. Uh, I start off usually before I drink my coffee, just down a quick glass of water and throughout the day have more. But um, there's, there's not too many beverages I don't like. Um, definitely, I, I guess I'm a wine guy. Uh, and, and have oh, been for a I've while. Seen the yes. I've seen the pictures. <laughs> have been for a while since, um, you know, way back when, um, finding out I had celiac disease, which, you know, I couldn't have regular beer and um, regular spirits. There's a whole bunch of others now that are, that are you know, the grain-free, the gluten has been removed. Um, but I love pop. You know, I don't drink it that often. Um, juices. So, yeah, I got a, I'm a full, full, full realm. I'm very lucky to have all these choices, I'll tell you that. Awesome. Hey, quick question for uh, your glass of water. Yeah. You just drink it uh, out of the tap or do you put some ice in it? Uh, sometimes right out of the tap, we got a Brita filter pitcher that'll pour a glass out of there, but typically not with ice. Ice, okay, I, so I say with my pot. Yeah. I, uh, my buddy over in Singapore, Jared, uh, who actually, you saw him in the picture with the book. Yes. Uh, I think on Instagram. Yes. I think on Instagram. Oh, yeah, Jared. Yeah, I gave a big uh, shout out to him. That's great. Yeah, yes, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, he, he ended up rereading the book after he got and listened to the podcast again. But uh, I turned him on to it, and I actually turned him on to the apple cider vinegar as well. Mm. Uh, I put a splash of apple cider vinegar into a glass, fill it up with ice, and then fill it up with water. It gets the metabolism going. It gets uh, just everything going for the day, and it kind of wakes your body up in the morning. So does that come in a concentrate type thing? Um, how, how do you yeah, buy basically, that? It just comes in a big, uh, big bottle and you just, you don't have to put much. I just, maybe like a, a half a shot to a shot. Okay. Just enough. To, some people can't stand the taste. Some people take the, the pills. Right. But I actually like the taste. It tastes pretty good. And you're supposed to do that like three or four times a day. I just do it in the morning. Um, it's just a good start to the day. It gets metabolism going. It says it's really good for a lot of different, uh, reasons and whatnot. But uh, the ice too, the ice, it just, uh, that also gets your body woken up because the, the shot of the ice water going through your body. and whatnot. Right. So uh, just a suggestion. And hey, uh, you know what, coach, you have not steered me wrong in anything you've shared with me. So I think I'm going to try that and I'll have to, we'll have to report back on that in the coming weeks. And feel free. And that's the first thing I drink in the morning. That's the first thing I drink in the morning. Love that. Um, feel free to look it up. Look, look up some research and see the findings behind it. But yeah, the ice water is for sure one of the things, but then, I found out apple cider vinegar was another benefit to your body and just in general. So I was like, why not put all that stuff together? There you go. Look at you, man. That's awesome. 
Uh, real quick, shifting gears and staying with the coffee bean, in the back of the book, he's got uh, the list of other books by John Gordon. Yes. Uh, you've read one of them. Um, you've heard about the energy bus. Uh, one of my former students, uh, Cody, mentioned a long time ago that he read this, and he just loved it. Uh, Cody Vargo, and big shout out to him. So I need, that's definitely one I've got to get. Um, but you've said, have you read others besides these? Um, Just the, the power of a positive team. Gotcha, gotcha. There it is. Draws upon his unique team building experience as well as conversations with some of the greatest teams in history to provide an essential framework to prove and practice to empower teams to work together more effectively, achieving superior results. This is not a sports book, is it? Although there's the sports references, especially with basketball, but other coaches. But we are a lot of team, aren't we? Everybody's a team. Like right now, you and me are being a team. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, it would uh, it'd be relevant to you and I. I mean, it's just – it could be a team of one, two, or more. That's right. It's understanding people, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Was there a couple things that you remember you wanted to pull out of there, that power of a positive team? Um, it's uh, – so – it goes right in line with the negativity. I just, yes. I it just irritates me. And it irritates <laughs> me even more when I'm being negative and I stop in my shoes oh. and I'm like, uh, it, it, both of these are right to a T for, for myself because it, I, I just don't like it. So the, for any listeners that have the book um, or for yourself for future reference, on page 65, mm -hmm. um, it's chapter five, so it's right at the beginning. It's in the first paragraph at the last, um, last sentences. It says, you must address the negative negativity, confront it, transform it, or move it. Mm. And I mean, that's, it's, it's true. But the, the problem is a lot of people aren't, don't like to be confrontational, like yes. nice people right. or, um, people that are just not used to being a leader like that, that is like, Oh, everything's always honky dory or nobody, or, you know, that person is the way they are. You know, you can't really, you don't want to try to make them upset or you're, you're scared of it or whatever. Uh, but the three different things, either confront it, transform it. So try to make it different or get rid of it. Mm. And because it's going to ruin whatever you're part of. I love that. I love that. I think, and you brought up the point about not only do you not like being around negative people, but you don't like yourself being negative. And again, the man in the mirror, we keep going back to, if, if you're able, and I've been trying to do this over the last, I don't know, five, 10 years. And, and, and like we talked about, you know, being uh, imperfect is the new perfect, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, I like when I'm able to catch myself going down that rabbit hole of getting all down and negative and angry because it, it comes out, whether it's against my students or against my wife or my kids or whatever, and catching it and taking, and taking a different approach with that. I love that harnessing of it and do something different with that energy. You know, kind of ties in with the energy bus, right? I mean, if, you know, positive energy, negative energy, you've got to be able to take that and do something different with it. So I love that point that you brought up. So you're, you're able to do that pretty easily to yourself, stop the negativity? I usually do, and unfortunately, the the person that gets it the worst for me is my wife. Absolutely, um, because Mine too. I mean, I mean, I I do a I feel like I do a hell of a job getting up, getting my mindset right. Um, my commute to work, I, I get a good thirty minutes normally, 
to rock out to some music, to listen to a podcast by John Daly, <laughs> Brian Zaffini, or yes. anybody else. Um, and, and I'm in the right mindset. And it's crazy how quickly people are just negative. Yes. And I think part of it is I get, I get myself usually an hour in the morning at least to get up, cook breakfast. If I, if I don't have time to cook breakfast, I always eat breakfast. So I either pick it up on the way, but normally I make it, sit down, have my coffee ready to go. I mean, it's a great day. I get mm. another opportunity to be, to be better and get to school. And, you know, I just get excited. I, I, I get to see my kiddos. I get to see my colleagues. And, you know, you see somebody like you say good morning to them and they don't even look at you. <laughs> it's like, Dude, what's wrong? Yeah. Like you have the best job in the world. And, and they just kind of, you know, or, or they might be like, I, yeah. It's like, what is it? Not a good morning, right? And you don't know what other people are going through. What night the night brought around for the previous night and that stuff. Absolutely. Just, I don't know. I I love what I do and I enjoy what I do and I have ambitions to, uh, you know, get promoted within the education world and yep. I I just, I just want to keep grinding and enjoying myself and I think I said it on a previous podcast. The days that I start waking up and I don't want to get out of bed and I'm not excited to go to work. Uh, I know I need to change my profession. Absolutely. There's no, I, I, I can't, I was thinking about that the other day. I cannot remember. There's plenty of days. Yeah. I was still tired. Maybe I didn't want to go to school some certain day, but even most of the days I cannot remember waking up dreading what I had to do even as a kid, you know? And so that's a, I love that point. Um, Another one of his books is the no complaining rule, which kind of fits into that conversation right there. That's funny you say that because the next quote is exactly the no complaining. What would continue continue on what you were going to say? Continue was, on what you were going to say. I was just going to read the the quick little intro. Uh, okay, go ahead. Let's talking hear this. Uh, about following a VP of Human Resources who must save herself and her company from ruin, and discovers a proven principle. Uh, and an actionable plan to win the battle against individual and organizational negativity. I mean, holy cow, that, that's transformational because all, all workplaces have it and all people, I think, that you know, are human have it sometimes, right? But um, like you said, saying good morning to people. It's one of those things where I love going out of my way to say good morning to people that I know don't like mornings. And I don't oh, rub I it in. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, hey, good morning, Paul. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Sue, you know. Hope you have a great day. And that's, and just leave it, you know, not rubbing in their face. Hey, how you doing today? Hey, let's get, give me a high five. You know? No, no, None that's of that. not necessary. No, not, not, no. Just a nice little, how you doing type of thing to get their day well, going. Exactly. You never know when that's going to be the time that uh, it changes them. Absolutely. So what, what was the quote that kind of tapped right into that? All right. So here we go. This is on page 71 because I hate, I hate complainers. I hate complainers. And um, it, it's page 71, implement the no complaining rule. It's second paragraph right at the end. It says complaining is like throwing up mm. afterward. You feel better, but then the rest of the rest of your team is sick. It's toxic. Right. Absolutely. Somebody's got to clean up the mess, right? Yes, sir. Oh my God. Yeah. And that, it definitely stands out. And I think, when you start making um, the mindset changes to where you start recognizing it more, and I know, you know, as much as, as we hate complainers, it's not us, you know, taking the ax down on them and, you know, putting them in their place and trying to fix them. But 
man, there's plenty, plenty times that I've had to leave a conversation saying, oh, you know what, shoot, I got something I got to do, or I got a meeting I got to get to, because they're just spewing negativity and, and that awfulness. And so I just kind of remove myself from the situation. Absolutely. I know that's one thing that you do too. We are um, looking at some of these other titles. I just want to throw them out there because I, I got to get more of these John Gordon books, the shark and the goldfish kind of sounds like a, uh, and it says a delightly illustrated. This quick read is packed with tips strategies on how to respond to challenges beyond your control in order to thrive during waves of change. And that's what we're in now. And this, you know, we talked about the coffee bean uh, on our, on our first talk, how short a book it is, the illustrations. So the shark and the goldfish sounds like another one I would like coach. How about you? That, that sounds intriguing. Anything that uh, is a quick read and able to get a lot out of and yep. implement immediately. And you know, that's just uh, very pertinent to everyday lives is always, is always good. Yep, we had to have a, a pause a little while ago while I uh, went upstairs and I heard Kirby at the basement door uh, waking up and having to go out. They got, he's got a book called The Positive Dog. <laughs> I like that one. We, we have two dogs inside of us. One dog is positive, happy, optimistic, and hopeful. The other dog is negative, mad, pessimistic, and fearful. We, I definitely have that. There's definitely times, you know, you talk about anxiety and stuff. Uh, there's definitely been moments where I feel that um, – you know, the tightness in my chest, um, the worry, the, the headache. Uh, and I have, I've been recognizing it to the point of trying to switch that switch a little bit and change, change the mindset. Get up and do something different, you know, and, and find out what you can control and what you can't and, uh, and try making the best of it. So, I mean, that's just, that's just good stuff. I think there's going to definitely have to be um, some John Gordon uh, book club type stuff going on between us because I, I love when we talk about this stuff that, that you're reading and I'm reading. Uh, the lessons that we're getting out of it, and it's just just really powerful stuff, man. It's good reinforcement. It's good reinforcement uh, to uh, you know keep that positive mindset and you know ambitious mindset, and knowing that it can it can change people for the good and the bad. Absolutely. Can I ask you real quick as we start to wrap this up? Sure. Back when you were young, in high school or even before, were you a reader? Did you like reading? Well, so it's funny when we were talking on the previous podcast, I think it was, yeah, it was the coffee bean podcast. So it was the last one we had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just kind of talking about, uh, morning. nurses here. All right. Fired uh, up. Jolie. Tell her good morning. Uh, hey, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so she was, my mom was listening and I was talking about how, you know, my reading habits and stuff. And my mom literally, uh, we, we talked about it and she's like, you know, it's funny you bring that up. <laughs> Um, I literally had to beg your teachers because you're supposed to do 15 to 20 minutes of reading. And I, and I, t- I would tell them, you know, like starting in like third grade, um, first grade, you would be absorbed into the sports section of the newspaper. Every morning I'd have it laid out <laughs> on the table, eating my breakfast as a first grader and just reading articles and reading statistics yes. and all that stuff about all the local teams. And then the weather was on the back page. So not only was I uh, the sports dude, and by no means am I a sports buff. I love my sports, and I know my sports, but I, 
and I love them, but I'm not one of those sports encyclopedia guys that can whip things out. But a lot of things I, I know, especially from the Wisconsin sports. Yep. But then I was a weather guy, too, so I knew it was the forecast for the day, the week. <laughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> so, so she basically told like the teachers allowed that to be the 15, 20 minutes because my mom was saying it was like pulling teeth trying to read uh, mm. out of uh, picture books or novels and that kind of stuff. Right. So she uh, allowed that. Um, and I think it mainly came out to just, you know, I, I, assume, I, I found out when I was teaching my first year um, in, I don't know if it's 100% accurate, but they have the, the dyslexia in Erlen's. Um, and I, I, I was off the charts with Erlen's. Mm. Uh, just a, a matter of being light, light sensitive and uh, having uh, different pages do different things and words and all that stuff. Wow. So I ended up getting like an overlay to make the different colors of pages. And it was like night and day. Holy so, cow. Um, and it's also the concentration thing of just getting lazy after reading a while and, you know, focusing on something else. So, um, and you get older, you train your brain. Yes. So, yeah. You, you find the ways. Yep. So the, uh, <laughs> short story long, uh, I was not a big reader. No, okay. I was not a big reader. Uh, loved TV shows, loved movies, yep. and loved watching sports. And I loved being outside. Loved being outside. We had a basketball hoop outside. Didn't matter if it was a 80, 90 degree day in the summer or below zero in the winter and our net was frozen and the ball couldn't even go through the net. Um, be outside all the time. Just Love be outside it. And then reading the sports page. Yeah. Yeah. You sound uh, very much like me. I do remember looking up box scores and checking standings and, you know, the baseball card uh, collecting that I did with me and my friends. Oh my God. The best days ever of flipping them over and looking at stats and making trades and uh, yes. uh, just great stuff, man. I love that. I love that. Uh, so now currently um, you are reading uh, the book by Phil Jackson. Is that correct? Yes, yes sir. It's called 11 Rings. And good. And you mentioned you sent me a couple things from that. Uh, that'd be a great uh, segue into a future podcast because uh, I'd love to look those over again, which I already I have a little bit, but I'd like to even get the book. But uh, my book list is piling up. I got uh, John O'Leary's new book um, sent to me oh, the other day, and uh, I went out and bought. In, there's, in awe? Or what is in that? awe. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. In awe. And then I went out and bought. Um, his parents wrote a book. Um, early on in, in when he went through being burned and stuff uh, and his parents wrote a real short book. And so I looked that up on Amazon and uh, got that one too. So um, the, I got these John Gordon books. I got to read, I got to read 11 rings. Now there's definitely books that are piling up on my list. So I thank you so much for sharing that little by little one at a time. And well, what you just said is even as your teachers, as a kid, that's talked about today, 15 to 20 minutes a day, you can typically get a book done a month. And if you do 12 books a year, you are in such rare company. You are in such rare air as far as the people that read. Which is incredible to think. Absolutely. I don't feel like that's that much. No, it really isn't. And when you start reading, you start thinking differently and you start having different conversations and you start connecting with people that you never would have connected with because you didn't read before. And so I always tell my students, I said, you know, some some people think, you know, they can get to be my age in in your mid-50s. Oh, the last book I read was in high school and it was such a such novel and I had to read it for a grade or a class. And they're proud of that. It's like, you know, they, they stay, they take pride in, oh, I haven't read since high school. I'm like, oh my God, that is so like painful as far as, uh, like it could be sports. It could be weather. It could be fixing cars. It could be music. 
there's so many things out there that I try to get my students to just latch on to because it opens up a whole new world. And I, I love to see you that, that you're doing that, my friend. Thank you. Appreciate it. Likewise, obviously. So. Yeah, absolutely. All right, bud. Hey, we'll be in touch. Uh, we'll get something set up on a, on a good day for both you and your wife. I look forward to that discussion and uh, getting a, a little bit more of uh, your journey that you've been on together and uh, the ups and downs, but the lessons and, and how both of you, I haven't met her yet and I haven't known you that long, but I bet you from this experience, both of you are stronger uh, together. Um, you have new things to kind of hang your hat on and just that anchor is just planted so deep now, uh, deeper with you two that uh, uh, because of what you guys have gone through. So uh, I look forward to, to talking to you guys soon. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And uh, if you have any ounce of liking me, you're going to love her because she's my better than <laughs> As mine is for me too. I think that's the, we both married up. We talked about that before, right? You're an idiot for not doing so, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, God, what a great morning. Uh, getting my coffee going, waking up with Kirby here and um, getting uh, my day started. I got my online uh, little class meetings today and got a lot of grading to do, but I am fired up after talking with Coach Dave. So thank you, buddy. All right, folks. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, take care of yourselves and keep in touch. I'd love to have some more interaction with you over on Facebook at Coach to Expect Success, over on Twitter at Coach to Success, Instagram, Coach John Daly, and of course, Coach to Expect Success.com. That's the place where you can get that book list. There's going to be some John Gordon books showing up on that book list, I tell you that. All right, you guys, keep taking care of yourselves and each other. We'll talk again soon. See ya.